Edmund Grace, you are an Irish Jesuit, but you're based in Brussels, where you are Secretary for Ecology in the Jesuit European Social Centre. And you've written a book called Business and the Earth. And before I talk to you about the contents of the book, I think the story of how it came about would be very interesting for listeners. Tell us that. Okay, well, I was approached by a man, or we in the centre were approached by a man called Willem Vissendorp, who is what is called a public affairs consultant who works in Brussels. Um, he is interested in ecology, and he came across Laudato Sea on the web, the encyclical. Um, he had no background in faith or church or anything like that, and he was really wowed, and he approached us and asked would we uh, do something to mark this encyclical. So we ended up organising an event hosted by the European Parliament, which again was a pretty sort of... Uh, a bit of a coup. Yeah, a bit of a coup. And that event was attended by a number of prominent figures in the business world, including from companies like IKEA and um, Lego, and uh, there's a big aluminium company which, whose name isn't known, but anyone in the business will know them, a huge uh, company, and a number of other companies like that, including one subsidiary of Electricity de France. And so uh, I presented the paper at this event and there was a big then discussion around it afterwards. And afterwards, uh, it was suggested to me that I develop it into a, something bigger. And so I wrote this book um, and then I approached, again, through Willem, uh, a man called Yanis Patotsnik, who is... Um, he's a former EU commissioner for the environment. He's also he's the co-chair of a, a body called the International Resource Panel, which is a UN body looking at the whole ecological issue. So he's a major figure. So I have this man has written a, a, a forward to this book, and then and afterwards written by Cardinal Hollerich, who's the chairman of the European uh, Bishops' Conferences. So that's the story. So I'm very pleased with the story itself. It's a good story. <laughs> it's an amazing story. And they're high-powered and heavy hitters. What were you saying to them and what's in the book? Well, first of all, the challenge was put there implicitly by Willem, saying, look, this has something to say to business. Now, let us see, has a lot to say about business. Most of it extremely critical and extremely negative because most of the worst damage being done has been done by you know, corporations, yeah, by big business. Um, but what struck uh, Willem was that, you know, the, this had something positive to say about business and the potential role of business, not the potential, the necessary role of business. Um, so I kind of took the, that out of sea and kind of drew out um, <clears throat> the, the, the business themes, if you like. One of them being that business is a noble vocation. Now, having talked about all the things that damage being done, Pope Francis uses this term and talks about then, uh, you know, a good business environment. And, you know, he uses these sort of words, but not, not very obvious. But I began to look at this and just reflect on it and drew out a number of things. Key, I suppose the key element in my book is what I'm saying is that the motive of business is not profit. And people think, you know, profit motive. But in fact, people who actually engage in business in any kind of responsible way are seeking to establish something of human worth. Profit and the finance side is the measure of success, but it's not what drives them. I'll give you an example. I remember hearing just of a, um, a property developer who just said the real thrill he gets is walking through a building that's being used that, you know, he has helped to build. Now, there's a human thrill in that, that no amount of money uh, in your bank is going to 
uh, do. But I think it's important you said that they put the measure of it in what money they get because most workers in the workforce in some of these big companies will be the first to say, who are you kidding? It's all about profit. Tell me that when I go and look for a, a rise or when they yeah. lengthen my hours and cut back my job title. That is the prevailing under self-understanding of the business world. Self-understanding of a world that is increasingly under challenge. It's like communism. I mean, it's going to fall. It'll take time because it can't be sustained. And one of the things actually that the encyclical, the Laudato Si' calls for is, it talks about rapidification and making money you know, as fast as you can, you can't get faster and faster. You can, at least you can't stop getting faster and faster if you think money, money, money. And lots of companies do. But the point is, there's two things needed here. Firstly, is to kind of to arrest that and to get it. And this is going to sound really fanciful in the world of business, but a contemplative dimension. Now, let me give you an example. The decision to invest in something in the future, say in renewable energy, huge big money going involved, is made ultimately on the level of intuition. And really, the business mind has that element that understands and is deeply in tune with, you know, the, the fundamentals of human nature in that way. Now, the other side of this is, is the, the other thing. This, this money, money, money thing that's going on now has, is part of the world of public policy. It's permitted. And the whole kind of green revolution, certainly in the data sea, government and politics and policy is going to have to make a much more fundamental option to looking at the value of things, including looking at all resources coming out of this earth. That's why I call this business on the earth. All the resources of the earth are going to be treated with much greater respect because this is what, this is what's failing. It'll cause, it'll be a massive change in perspective, in mentality. It's necessary. And are you confident that, given your experience with some of these business companies, I mean, IKEA, Lego, the big names, that they are the ones who will also take on board the change? Are you thinking this is going to come from the consumer and the bottom up? Well, these things come from different directions. My sense of those companies, IKEA and Lego, some companies have a very profoundly philanthropic orientation. These are the companies that will make a difference. Plus, new companies that are coming up and are seeking to get change need change, need policy change, and are coming up against these established interests, which really have a prevailing influence on the mentality of many in public service. They are bought not by money, but just by being impressed. <laughs> yeah, there's a quote in the book by John Kenneth Galbraith, where it talks about, you know, basically, money impresses people. And that's what's going on at the moment. And that we have to unlearn that. We've got to find this wider sense of space of where we're going. Yeah, it is important then if you're doing that in your book, because at the end of the day, and the Pope has criticised unbridled capitalism, yeah, yeah. but as you say, there is a sense that it might be starting to fall apart the tide may be turning with consumers. And yet we have to make some sort of truce with business and business has to be part of that because it's not going to go away. Well, this is it. I mean, business has to be part. The innovation of the entrepreneur has to be part of developing these new technologies. It can't just be done by the state. That's basically, you know, the communist approach which failed. But what's needed is to, to see how do you encourage this entrepreneurship, not this making of money. And the equivalent in the past was, uh, you know, in the recent decades, since, say, Thatcher and Regan, was let us make the money and everything will be fine. That was the attitude. And that attitude no, can no longer serve. So to finish then, your book examines 
the role that business might be able to play in the light of Laudato Sea. Do you think Pope Francis gave enough in that then? Is it his stature that maybe affected those businessmen who came to you and said they wanted to look further at this? There's no doubt that the encyclical Laudato Sea has had a phenomenal impact outside of the Catholic Church. I mean, when you get someone like Yanis Patutsnik willing to write a, 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 a foreword to something like the, the, written by a Jesuit, um, who, you know, there's lots of things being written, but you know, he's given his endorsement to this as something of value. Um, and if you read the, the Club of Rome's uh, report of, of 2018 called Come On, as in, come on! They start their reflection on the kind of the philosophy of it by talking about Laudato Si. It's, it's got that kind of purchase in the wider public sphere. Are you hopeful as somebody who is in charge of the whole ecology within the Jesuits in Europe? I wouldn't have called myself quite such an exalted title, but I think a lot is happening in the Jesuit world. And we're having a big congress coming up in um, March in Loyola on justice and ecology. And a lot of people, for the first time, there'll be kind of an ecological presence at something like that. And that gives you hope? Yes, it does. I mean, I look at the wider problem and the wider challenge and it's pretty daunting. But hope, yes. Hope is what you got when you got nothing left. I think in human situations, hope is immeasurable and invaluable.